All right. Uh, so it's been a crazy week, to say the least. Uh, and once again, I'm coming to you uh, solo. Um, turns out that those charges, those trumped up charges down in the panhandle of Florida that they're trying to get die on, um, not only get them to stick, but once he was uh, being sentenced, he actually he confessed to like three other things right there on the spot. So God knows when Dye, the most likes will be back with us. Uh, he's, uh, of course, representing himself, even though uh, he was, they pleaded with him not to, not to represent himself in front of the judge. But he said, no, I got this. And, um, and so, you know, who knows? He'll come back to us someday. But uh, in the meantime, I had, um, you know, at my end, we did a little drop, little Valentine's open edition drop of you know, 334,000 editions um, since we last spoke, which was sort of had me tied up uh, for a while with things of that nature um, and, uh, and had uh, a big sale for the, the NFT yearbook project, which um, was kind of neat, a little one-on-one that sold uh, on Super Rare for a little bit of change and and so uh that's one of the reasons that uh i see this guy hitchhiking here that makes me see like i want to stop and pick him up um give him a ride and see if we can get to know each other a little better than we do now but joining me is uh saul from the uh, nft yearbook project which i've really come to to appreciate and find to be one of my my favorite projects in the space and uh, the gentlemen behind it are, are really remarkable. And so, Saul, uh, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks a lot for picking me up, buddy. I appreciate it. And where, you know, where are you hope... headed there? Are you headed up north? Well, I'm going. I'm going wherever the road takes us. You know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you for this crazy ride. And uh, you know, I wish the die could uh, could join us, Toad Sweeback, but uh, he'll yeah. he'll come through. <laughs> we'll we'll see. I mean. I, I get the feeling that he he has a good gig in the little Gainesville County Jail or wherever the hell he is, uh, oh, yeah. and then he just doesn't want it. He just kind of wants to see what happens. So who knows? <laughs> He's trying to Mar Marlboros. <laughs> oh yeah, oh you know he is. He he actually he when they when they pulled him over, he said, "Hold on, I've got to stack up," and he went and got three extra cartons and tucked them down his pants just so he'd have them accessible in prison. But I gotta say. Of all the knucklehead premises that we could have come up with in our first pod, this idea of picking up hitchhikers, I don't know how long we can keep this thing going. <laughs> it's just so, so overdone. It's like... <laughs> um, so look, here's the, what we do here is we just literally, it's like better getting to know each other. Okay. Yeah. And you and I know each other strictly through the interviews for the project and, and coordinating um, you know, how I wanted to do my, my piece of the pie there and, and, and how I wanted to play with my mechanics and getting to know all of that. Um, but the reason that I wanted to talk with you is because even though you're caught up in, in you know, getting people to talk to you, putting the whole thing together, getting your drop ready, going through the road show of every spaces and every pod and everything you can get on this, like, look at this project. Is this project amazing? And getting the hype going in the whole bit. I really just wanted to chat about how fucking fascinating it is that you, that you pulled that off. I mean, like, you have, I think, 
probably one of the more unique takes on this entire culture of any human on the planet, you and, and Dash, you combined. I'm just going to make you into one person for today, right? Yeah. But I mean, you had what, 700 and some hours. Yeah, 790, 795 hours of recorded content on our cloud and like 576, I think, interviews, most of which face-to-face over the last eight months. So yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. It was really a sacrifice uh, for myself and Dan to, you know, disconnect from our normal lives, whatever the hell that means. And, you know, start going down this crazy educational, historical, you know, just cultural journey that we were on, you know, well, living, living all these stories. Well, and so I'm going to deep dive into that a little bit because it's one thing to, to, you know, canvas it from the, the standpoint of a project. It's like, Hey, we got, we got to do this. We got to interview all these people. Um, you didn't, you didn't know you were going to interview that many to begin with. No. So when we got started, like, I'll, I'll, should I just give a little breakdown, I guess, of how we got started? So we got an IRL publisher from Vancouver, Canada that came up. He actually contacted me on LinkedIn, <laughs> of all places. And we were chatting for a bit. And he told me that he had an idea for an NFT yearbook. And what did that mean to him at that time was, you know, interviewing 40 thought leaders through questionnaire, uh, you know, 80 artists and 100 NFT collections at the time, like PFP projects. And we were we were at the time, it was like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. You know, bull market was on. Everybody was, you know, you could do whatever you wanted to do basically at the time. And so we went in not knowing what to expect from, I guess, ourselves uh, and what we wanted to make of the project. But we knew that it couldn't be that exact iteration. Um, so... You know, we started to contact people at the very beginning. I mean, it was literally people that were in the Web3 space, but more on the dev side. So, you know, blockchain developers and and, and more so that thing than, than art. Uh, and, so, and that quickly shifted. Well, okay. So, so I'm going I'm to hit you there. So you were, is that because your background was not necessarily connected to art and you were you were thinking, okay, these are the, the people that have put the infrastructures in place and, and, and are the ones that are sort of in the driver's seat behind some projects and is that- Yes and no. There? Yeah, yes and no. So I before coming into Web3, uh, I was the head of innovation for a big bank, Bank of Montreal, on uh, the cybersecurity and FinTech side of things. And Dan, he comes from a 10-year background in e-commerce. He did a whole bunch of stuff, uh, selling everything he could. And, you know, we both were into crypto early. Like, we were both into Bitcoin in 2017. Uh, we both got in. I, I minted my first uh, NFTs in, like, 2019, like, 2020. And they were art NFTs, of all things. So the, I'd always have a connection to art, I guess, from my family growing up uh, in rural Saskatchewan. Uh, but... You know, there was always art on the walls, you know, whether that be Alan Sapp paintings, very famous Canadian uh, painter, uh, Alan Sapp, or, or, or anything else from First Nations culture. My dad was really big into, you know, helping First Nations and, and securing their lands in, in the province that I grew up in. And I don't know, I just kind of, it just kind of made sense. Like it, it was, okay, so after the bank, Corona, Web3, 
And when I got into the space, it was definitely not from the art space. What I knew was enterprise. What I knew was technology. What I knew was innovation. And so the people that I thought were going to be the ones that were going to be interesting to people were more of your, you know, suits and less your, okay. and less, and less your threesomes. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I didn't know, I didn't know about all these things at the beginning. You know what Little I mean? Did you know that at the time I was still a suit. There, exactly. Exactly. And now, you know, looking back, I, I do know that about a lot of people because we're all so new here. Everybody's new here. You know, you either came from jeans or suits and, and that was about it. And everybody's still figuring their shit out. But, you know, yeah. So that was the first iteration. And we knew instantly that had to change. Like there there couldn't have been the, the bear market had fully settled in. You know, people were just really the the, the vibe had changed. And we so are saw. You talking, are you yeah. talking like like June of twenty two or? Yeah, so I'm talking a little bit before that. Yeah, we really got into interviewing around June, maybe okay. maybe a month before. But yeah, our interviews set in around June straight, like thirteen hours a day for the next uh, few months. Um, but yeah, June around that time, right on the summer. You're absolutely right. It it kind of just ever the the vibe changed, and everybody just kind of got pissed off together. But the ones that stayed were the ones that were building and the ones that stayed were were, were the ones that were going we, we think and hope are going to stay here for a long time so so um, let me ask you i want to uh, poke at that one too if you get get around to interviewing let's say mid to late may into june okay when did you conceive of this like, like at what point did they approach you and and this conversation starts how long does it so, take you to get to that point that you're interviewing so February, uh, Callie okay. from Global Village Publishing, uh, we talked and like literally two weeks later, we had started, uh, you know, basically signing a contract with them, which turned into uh, them making us the co-founders today and the co-CEOs of Metaverse Publishing. That's a whole other story. Uh, but yeah, around February, uh, Callie and I spoke, uh, I brought Dan on and we basically started doing everything uh, in terms of strategy and planning and, and who we were going to talk to, how we were going to plan the book. And it changed over the course of the eight months, nine months, you know, that, I mean, it, it changed all the way up until about three months ago. Uh, but yeah. I'm, 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 I'm drilling down because I'm just fascinated because I've, I've lived the same trajectories and, and a lot of the people that are going to be listening have lived these exact same trajectories. When yeah. Cali, when you guys start talking, it's, it's before Russia invades Ukraine. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's definitely before. And we saw, you know, and I'll, I want to touch on that for a second because there's something important in what happened there. So when we saw Valesky uh, mint the history of Ukraine on the blockchain, uh, mm -hmm. Just in case the the worst happens, and you know Ukraine, whatever happens to Ukraine, which I really hope nothing does happen uh, to what he was minting for, he wanted the, that history to be immutable. He wanted that history to be there forever, and that kind of clicked with us about the stories of the builders, the stories of the space, the stories of the pioneers, whatever that means. Uh, we wanted to get those stories and secure them to the blockchain uh, to make them immutable. Because as we all know, uh, and, and I'm going to link it again to Ukraine, it, a few years, a few decades of uh, misinformation and brainwashing, and that whole history is gone. You know what I mean? Right. 
So what we were thinking is there's going to be the meta or whoever the big enterprise is in a few years that tries to steal our narrative. Uh, these early days, you know, 2016, whatever, 2013, 2010, for some of us that learned about blockchain back in the day. But, you know, this is all these stories that are going to be very, very important in the future. And what better way to steal the narrative or rather claim the narrative than to co-write a crazy huge book with the best creators in the space, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm, I'm really gonna poke at you with and i don't know why i keep saying poke. jesus christ all of a sudden i'm I, i'm like too polished you know what normally we're used to true degenerate artists being on here and <laughs> and i'm used to just hanging with guys in here i'm trying to be all cool for you like i'm like i'm back in the old days you're like the coolest guy that i've, I've met in this process i mean honestly you said that toad is not here today and he was one of the first people we actually interviewed for this whole project the nft yearbook he was literally like first time the first 10 people that we interviewed for this project I, shit. I had no idea what to expect no idea what to expect and he jumps on and we start talking about glory holes and we start talking about you know just the craziest shit that you know automatically vibed with toad i got nothing but love for him uh and and then i met you and I'm just right. like exactly oh. at the very end, yeah, exactly. Well, okay, so so let's let's go there. I, I'm I'm really curious how die with the most likes, Mark. He calls himself Mark sometimes. Dumb, just sometimes. Um, so dumb. But how is it that that he gets on your radar that early? Cool. So what we did was at the very beginning we had four people that we reached out to, that we kind of felt there would be consensus that, you know, DZ would be in the book, right? So we reached out to a few of these people. There was Betty uh, from Deadfellas at the time. Uh, there was DZ at the time. And there was, uh, I'll have to remember the third and shoot it to you. But we started out with them. And at that time, DZ and Toad were doing a few spaces together, uh, okay. something like that, like DZ had collected them or something like that. And we asked them for nominations. We literally like, okay, so before when we were planning the strategy, we said, how are we going to do this to make it democratized, to make it so nobody gets really pissed off for us curating a crazy book with X amount of people. Uh, so we said, of course, we're going to do it through a nomination process and make it, you know, a democratized kind of, uh, you know, co-curation co of the book. So, yeah. So DZ nominated these five and Betty nominated these five and whoever else nominated these five and, and Toad came up. And we definitely stayed true to the nomination process throughout the entire project. I, I think that the only people that didn't get interviewed that were nominated were people that still to this day have not answered their DMs. Uh -huh. and, 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 and everyone else that was nominated got in the book. That's, I mean, it's so great. And it's, um, it's such a variety that, that, that I don't think until you really get into it until we see it in a sense i mean you can go through the list and you can do that and that's yeah. you know even that's like tedious on, on on twitter to go through like a twitter list it's there's a lot of fucking scrolling right yeah and they're but, not alpha but they're not alphabetical right. they're not anything right. it's nothing it, it just it, <laughs> okay there's that guy yeah. and, and so yeah it makes it a little harder to really conceive you just mind can't really draw associations as easily into what's there but yeah. i mean you have from the mega superstars, 
gross word, but you've got yeah. the, the absolute top achieving, top selling, world renowned, okay, to some folks that just are kind of cool and edgy and, and somehow caught somebody's attention, right? I mean, we've got we wrong? got mods, man. We've got mods in the book, man. I mean. Honestly, people that nominated community managers, all good to them. They wanted to show some love to, you know, community manager of World of Women, for example. Mm -hmm. So we went out and we interviewed Cashby because she's amazing and she's doing great work for World of Women and she's their community manager. And she's awesome. And we would never have met her if it wouldn't have been for that nomination. And, and that happened, you know, 100 times. It happened 200 times, 300 times. So every single interview we took, we didn't take anything for granted. Obviously, we 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 knew that, you know, interviewing the Eric Snowfros or the G Moneys or, you know, whoever else you can you can throw, Cosimo or or Vincent Van Doe and, and everybody else, we, we knew that there was supposed to be some, you know, the influencer value or the the thought leader like you know, value of these people. Uh, but we really approached each and every interview the same exact way everyone got the same exact respect everybody got the same time if somebody needed more than the hour they got two if somebody needed three they got three and we had to make those adjustments on the fly uh you know a lot of the time my three kids were running around in the back here uh and and you know it was it was it was a crazy crazy process but you're right i mean we got a chance to interview from your, you know, mad Bitcoins, Kiro card founder to, uh, you know, NFT historians like Adam McBride and, uh, you know, uh, everybody else you can imagine in between. Uh, so it's been really an eye-opening experience. I learned a hell of a lot. Uh, I can recommend it to anyone that's a masochist and really wants to, you know, feel, <laughs> feel what it's like to, to sit in this spot that I am right now for, for eight months. I think I'm in the same spot that I interviewed you. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's all I know you. Really. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so if I, again, I want to really stick to this idea of, of the timeline here because yeah. I think, I, I think it really starts to matter. So if you, I would imagine if you're talking to people in May and June, where it's okay. Now we know that shit's gotten real. We know that the, the, the celebration is sort of over. It's on hold, right? Um, there, we're in the, by that point, we've seen some major losses start to kick yeah. into, the, into the markets, right? Can you think back to those times and remember how, how it, it changes from then to say September, October, when we've been going through quite a few months of it? Was it still early? Were people sort of like, just like, uh, stunned were they were they shell-shocked were they were they did they you know were they unsure where they were at early on or was it was there so much positivity that you were getting oh this will get past this yeah it had to be one of so, two. i can't imagine so, it was just like it was it was different for a lot of people so with the artists for example so as the pfp craze died down and fizzled out thank god um what we saw was the rise of the artists, I think, uh, more so to the front. Like it was the artists that had been there all along, but they'd kind of been in the background. They'd kind of been in the shadows. Then the PFP projects were at the front. 
and, and they were causing all the noise. And all of a sudden the PFPs are gone and it let these few hundred, maybe over a thousand artists that were in the space really come forward and people pay attention to them. And you saw, you saw some crazy things for, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it was all positive. Okay, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be completely transparent. Yeah, so yeah, you saw, you saw in that summer, like a lot of collectors uh, trying to build up artists because they, 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 the PFP craze was gone. So there was no more making money on that front. So what better way to make money than to invest a little bit of money in an artist, build their career up, make them more valuable and have them sell art to other people. And that lasted for maybe two to three months of our interviews. But I, I, I'm telling this from stories from artists, right? So that that whole that whole phase kind of shifted I, I, in my eyes the entire space like all of a sudden you had artists that were making money they were and, and well deserved I might add but you know it was something that was kind of new for a lot of these younger artists and they were receiving all this love and 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 everything and then three months later that kind of fizzled out right so you're it was right after the summer and you said September October so right around that time that kind of fizzled out and you saw open editions. And you saw, you know, that craze come around and people were now jumping on that bandwagon. And and that's kind of where we're at the tail end of that now. I think there's still a little bit left, but it's it's dying down a lot, I think. So that that's kind of the phases from our eyes and what happened. But as I said before, the people that are left here today, I kind of feel more confident that other people are going to stay the long run. As, as things are kind of ebbing and flowing there, did you... And I mean, let's be honest, it was it was getting rough, right? As we, we, we had the resurgence, like you talked about in the summer, where artists maybe are, are, are being brought in. And I like the way that you characterize this as what it was, which was mm -hmm. you had some speculators, some collectors, okay, who, who saw that they needed to get something out in front to, to you know, they needed a, a, a commodity to keep moving uh, after the PFP said one. Had, had run their course and and I, you know it's an astute observation something that a lot of people don't really talk about that but that became the new commodity became un, undiscovered artists right yeah yeah and it still happens today it's still it's a, it's a major part of it and it's it's sort of a rough one for me to watch happen where it's not that far off from from a, a hype cycle on a collectible or a PFP, and it's yeah. it's riding up until you ride it down and you walk away from it, right? Well, I'll go I'll go deeper than that, Threes. I mean, you look at a family, you look at old 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 traditional art collectors like oh God. I'm going to mention the name, the Rothschild family, for example. Mm -hmm. And this is all documented. This is all public knowledge. So what, what basically they've done for years and years and years is understanding that donations, you get tax back, right? You get tax breaks. So what they've done is take artists that are unknown, buy their art when it's dirt cheap, create a huge name for these artists, put them on the grand stages of traditional art. And I'll, I'll say Christie's, I'll say Selfie's, I'll say everybody else. Um, and, you know, we see that they build up their names and then they take that art that they bought for a few dollars and they'll donate that to a museum or a gallery or a nonprofit or whatever that else. And they get to write that hundred million dollars off. So that model has been here for years and years and years and years and years. And years. 
but now it's being implemented in our space. <laughs> it is. And it's, and it also is something that because of this space and this industry, okay, because of this market is done at a light speed compared to, to before, right? It was, it was difficult to build the value up to a point that it was, was at the numbers that made sense for, for write downs. Um, it took quite a while longer than it does right now. When now it can be done in a matter of weeks, and you can have you can have this whole uh, history of transactions that get them to to levels um, that then take them into other conversations. Those conversations snowball into other conversations, and all of a sudden, yes, you have donate donations to LACMA or or oh. or just just saying for you know just to say. throw one out there. Um, but but yeah, you, it's it's. Even if you're not, that's that's at the at its highest form, okay. That that truly is just like you said. It's something that that comes out of a play for um, whether it's cultural clout or tax evasion or what have you, right? Um, it's done at the very highest of levels. But you you do have, I think, in a similar fashion, something that plays out. Um, it's, it's a similar cycle, but it's done at a little smaller scale. And that's the same as that's done traditional art-wise, okay? Even at the gallery level. Yeah. Uh, bringing somebody in, you get your, your, your customer base to acknowledge that this is the next hot thing, and you move it to the next, and you move it to the next, and you scale the pricing up show-to-show, show, exhi exhibition-to- exhibition, until they no longer sell, and then you, you walk from that person, right? So yeah. I, I think- You go to the next, the next person. You go to the next one, right? Yeah. And and you get to justify by saying, well, you're not living up to your pricing. You're not selling at this convoluted and that, that's the part. Yeah. That's the part that pisses me off, right? right. Like that's the, that's the part that really pisses me off because all these young artists that got clout during the summer, all of a sudden they're now scrambling and under they don't know, they left their jobs. Right. They, they thought this is it. We're going to be millionaires. We're going to be the next, you know, whoever uh, we're the next ferocious, you know, and, and all of a sudden that liquidity is gone and it's harder for them to fight now because people are able to see. That's also the thing is that the market for what it's worth, in my opinion, is kind of matured in a way like it's not even close. Right. But I think it's matured from the years before, obviously. And people are able to see, you know, now you can look at AI art and you say, oh, that's AI art. You can look at this art and you can say, oh, that's that artist. You know, like the, the names of the artists are well known now or better known. And, and you're seeing a lot more curation, like the traditional art world. You're seeing a lot more, uh, you know, artists from traditional art world. I don't know if this is a good thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I'm saying slowly, slowly, you're seeing these old, you know, traditional art world concepts come into Web3. And it's troubling to me at the same time as it being exciting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there's a lot we can talk about there too. That's, that's the, the $10 million question, though, right? Is that going to destroy the elements of, of this that make something like me and my project possible? Okay. And that I was able to, to you know, have access to a market and create one and grow it naturally in ways that I would not have if I'd had to rely on traditional methods to get my, my work out there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's one of this great democratization of the space theoretically through the chain being allowed to 
control your own destiny there. Okay. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to say that that's not true because I'm living, breathing poster boy proof of that being real. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I had a certain skill set. I, I had a certain understanding of things that my peers don't that allowed me to actually build a viable ecosystem and, and economy around it to make my market one of the strongest out there. Right. Exactly. I, I know that I know that I had major advantage um, over over any other self-made self-run you know, artist. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. You're, you're the king of the burn. You're the king. Uh, you know this. I mean, obviously, you've done more in uh, more things to do with innovation and smart contract than most people have even thought about today. And, and I will say that a lot of people have caught on to burn mechanics, but they're not even close to the level in which you're implementing them in your your community. Well, and, we, and that's we, that's cool. We, we're seeing, quite honestly, how that played out. That was a six-week love affair with it's, Burn. Exactly. It was one step, and, and here we are. We've already eradicated. It, it was a, a horrendous fleecing of, <laughs> of of the new round of people who thought that this was going to be their moon rocket moment, right? Yeah. Um, but the the other side of that is, what I was saying, is, is with traditional artists, or, okay, established artists, gallery artists or, or institutionally you know exhibited artists coming into this space does it a solidify and validate the 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 blockchain or crypto art or the space for somebody like me to say see big institutions and 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 you know slow moving gallery world this does work for this, yes, come and see that, okay? Or does it then make it that much harder for the next one of me to arrive and become who they become because it brings in all of those things we just talked about into the mix. Yeah. So, As the yeah. institutions get here, they're getting here because they want to attract the exact same interaction that we talked about with the Rothschilds or the Nay Medicis, right? Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, it's, it's, it's the, it's the reality of things. And, you know, you get somebody like me and I'm, I'm interested in, in reverse engineering it the other way where I want to build all this thing. And then I do plan on a legacy and I do plan on institutional interaction and I do plan on all those things. Uh, I'm dumb enough to believe that, that the way I, I've sort of invented a lot of the path that I'm on right now, that I can invent the path that gets me over to that side too. Well, that's just threes being threes. There's a, there's a conundrum there, though, threes. I mean, I, 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 I honestly see so many artists that are Web3 native that are succeeding on the super rares, the foundations, the non origins, the nifties, the wherever the hell else they want to do. And with Manifold, their own call. You know, I see the success. And I see people breaking their all-time highs. Not that that's the most important thing in the world, but... I see all these great things coming from Web3 and people that are finally able to support themselves with Web3. But I do think that more curation means, first of all, more gatekeeping. I mean, it's going to and more traditional artists coming into the space, which is great, but it also means more competition, unfortunately. Uh, it's just the way the world works. So it will be more difficult for people like yourself with crazy inventive project. Well, maybe not like yourself. I mean, your project would survive, I think, 
no matter what. Uh, it's just it's just a matter of the the innovation there. I mean, it's crazy. But a lot of people don't think like that. They they just they make their art, they mint their art, they want their art to sell. And I think that getting onto the platforms has been crazy difficult for some people. Uh, I mean, we were lucky enough uh, with the yearbook to get two artists that weren't on Super Rare. We got them on a Super Rare because of our project. Uh, so that felt amazing. It felt so good. But how many curators are going to work the way that the yearbook has worked in that we didn't think about money? We, we just kind of gave it away. So, I, I, and, and that's something that's totally irregular um, that people wouldn't really think to do. Uh, but yeah, so to get back to your question, to get more traditional art into the space is a good thing, um, but there are dangers there. Uh, we, and the dangers are turning into traditional art, uh, which I think is gatekept, which I think is difficult to, to survive for many artists. And, and, and there's another conundrum there, and, and you brought it up, and I want to question you on this because... Still to this day, the artists that have been most successful in Web3, yourself included, yeah, the, 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 the validation that most people are seeking is to be recognized at your Christie's or at your Sotheby's or at your MoMA's or at your, uh, you know, any other or, or, or any other, the Met, wherever it is. That's still the validation that artists seek today. And it's weird to me because Web3 fam has completely accepted all of us. It's given us a chance to create and be appreciated by so many people around the world, not just focused on the, the circumference of where that museum is. You know, it's been completely global, but still to this day, so many artists want to reach this grand stage of traditional art to, to somehow validate themselves where you've already received this validation. That's a, that, you know, that, I appreciate you bringing that, that point up. Right. And, um, it becomes it becomes the, the eternal struggle, right? I mean, look, look for me. I make a, a, a comfortable living, okay, um, doing what I what I've wanted to do, okay. I mean, I've 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 had a I've had a great life. I've had a number of great lifetimes before I got to this part of it, right? Yeah. Um, but where I am now, what I managed to put together, okay. Uh, I don't have the, the the financial success that so many of my peers at the top do. Okay, um, but my collectors in turn have a much better <laughs> uh, result than than the collectors of those my peers at the top. Right? I mean, yeah. My I I I, I take far less um, to sustain this and make this thing viable. You've thought of longevity though. Right. I mean, you, you've thought of longevity in the game and that's something that exactly. so few you were thinking of. Yeah. And so as such, okay. Um, and this, I think is maybe the difference for me. Okay. In that, yes. Okay. I, I make, I make a good living. Okay. I, I have the, the respect of my collectors and, a couple of my peers <laughs> and, and a couple outsiders here or there that come across, we get a, get a chance to meet me and chat and it's good. But um, if, if all I did were, 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 uh, you know, paintings and, and produced art and left it at that and had success in selling those things, uh, maybe I would be, 
okay in saying, well, this is my world, my Web3 world, and I can be one of the, 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 the most comfortable or most uh, you know, renowned in that, okay? But the fact of the matter is that I set about um, doing something far beyond Web3, okay? And uh, doing something far beyond just the production of my paintings and the, the selling of the paintings. Mm-hmm. There's, there's levels upon levels to what I'm doing here that tr- to me, okay, a part of the piece itself is the challenge of that which came before, okay, uh, to that which could be me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and a, a, a project of this scope and, and this breadth that would honestly, I think, insert inserted into the conversation of the progression of art from from the first you know uh, cave scratchings or or petroglyphs or what have you okay or painting up up until now and i think that that it speaks to the time and it speaks to a moment and it and it should as such be seen alongside and in concert with that traditional world. I think it'd be, I think I, I you know, I, do you I, think, I, do you think threesomes could exist if web three, whatever the hell that means it ex- didn't exist? Like, could you, I think, I'll, do you I'll think, go, yeah, I'll go one further. I don't think there's another project uh, out there. And this goes beyond the idea of generative and code based on chain art. Okay. Mm-hmm. My project cannot exist without web three. And I don't think that there is another out there that is that is such. Um, in that in that sense, I, I do feel that you know you joke with you when we first met, and we say it all the time in the grotto, okay? But I'm the greatest NFT artist because I'm probably the only NFT artist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so far. I understand I what you're saying. I, 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 I totally get what you're saying. Um, but this entire thing can only exist because of the blockchain. Mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah and 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 as such the 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 interplay between the in real life world you know and the and and the blockchain and the physical and the digital right by the way this is the one kit oh, saw this earlier today but this is oh, young so three young three in his uh young threesies. <laughs> yeah we're, we're, i'm doing a whole series now that are that are the origin story of, of my PFP. <laughs> Amazing, man. But but even that in and of itself, and there's still levels that, that we, we aren't even close to unveiling in, in the grotto and in the whole project that really tie the physical to the to the 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 on-chain stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it if anything, I really believe that this project goes down as that bridge. Yeah, and I think I think yeah. I, 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 we open, and not just I think I think there will be others there. I do think I'm the first, uh, and there may be a, a, a young, you know, forzies out there right now coming up <laughs> with his own ideas that become. We the, hope there is right. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the goal, right? We want somebody exactly. to 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 do one better, uh, or whatever that may be. And and so when I when I crave that and move towards that and demand it and you know rattle the gates. Uh, of the palace 
it's because I, I do believe that, that, you know, where we are now in the, in the 10 to six to three years, however you want to look at your history here, right. Mm -hmm. Um, that this is the first project that, that truly is that bridge. Yeah. I mean, it's, when I think about what you're doing, it, it is definitely something that has like the, the scale of what you're doing and the innovation and then the, the ideation that went into it and goes into it every day is, is, is incredible. I mean, I, I've seen interesting implications for blockchain, right? Like I, I, when I learned about blockchain the first time, I think it was 2013, 14, uh, we were talking about how to share threat intel between banks anonymously, you know, mm -hmm. zero trust, uh, uh, and, and being able to trust that information, but not know its source, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so there was really cool, you know, applications that were being, or use cases rather for blockchain from, from day one. But this art and, uh, you know, this, this, this art use case is really the one that's working right now. It's not in any way, shape or form going to be the biggest one. I, yeah, I, I don't want anybody to, <laughs> it's going to be nothing. Right. But, but it's one that should be remembered for starting it all. Uh, I think, and that's something cool. And for it, you it opens, to have it, it a project. Yeah. It opens that door to, to, to broader adoption. There's no question. Exactly. It was that first thing that people did, but, and I'm sorry, I, I cut you off when you hit the punchline there where you told me that I was amazing. Well, no, I was just, I was going to say, but you you being able to have such an interesting, complex, uh, you know, well thought out project at this stage of the game, that makes it even cooler and more, you know, interesting and intriguing is how does somebody after only knowing about blockchain for this amount of years, <laughs> create something with vision for that many years? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's weird to me that you're able to see how the technology is being implemented and then directly feed off that into your project. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I, I, you don't know that I haven't told you this part of my life. Some of the grotto knows this, right? It's one of those things where I think when they've hung out with me and we really get to talking about threes, right? Um, yeah. I, I, was, I was a bit ahead of myself at a very young age. I, I, and part of that was, was just the situation in which I grew up and how that played out. But I, I, I probably had some sort of gifts. And really, um, at, at nine years old was, was, was sort of remarkable, okay, mm -hmm. as I look back. Most of my life, I looked at, and I've made jokes for, for many years about this, that, that I was a genius till I was nine, and it's been downhill ever since. That was, <laughs> that was my line, right? Now, oddly enough, I started really becoming good at baseball at, at like about 10 years old, right? And that's that moment where things sort of changed, where I really went into the physical, and I, because of that, it took me out of the the situation that i grew up in where i was only in my head for nine years right yeah this project and, and it happens when it comes at the time in my life that it came whatever it was it was, it was a part of painting and unlocking something that i'd never done before right mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm talking the, the painting of it before before i became you know threesomes and all of this but yeah. by painting it started to unlock that nine-year-old threes again hmm. and I all of a sudden I, now the nice thing is I had you know 30 plus years of of experience and, and real world interaction it was you know that maybe nine-year-old threes was missing but I picked up 
and I've felt, and as I moved into threes and, and the project here, I, I very much, as though I hadn't missed a beat, hmm. clicked into to that other level thought process. And so for me, you know, the, the, I think it's the beauty of the simplicity of blockchain is that it really does work, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, it genuinely, indisputably works uh, for moving whether it's information or thought or concept from one, one side to the other. And I think yeah. that it just clicked right in. And I think it, it, it fits in with, with the development of my brain until nine that, that it, I was, I was sort of built for this. Right. And it was that, that, that convergence where I came to it and found it um, and was ready to, to take these things forward. So a lot of the analytical mind and things that I did enjoy as an adult, post-baseball, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of those things, a lot of the stuff that, that I put into play professionally and, 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 and entrepreneurially and things that I did uh, that got me to the, to the point where I could finally have a really expensive divorce. That <laughs> all hey, I, I had wanted... one of those too, man, right on. Good job. <laughs> but all I wanted to do was paint to never think about that divorce again, right? Yeah. All of that leads to threes, but it all starts there too, right? And so this project, you know, I conceived of the 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 main tenets of it at nine years old. Yeah, and it's yeah. cool because I hear that a lot. Like over the course of the interviews, people honestly were just saying, you know, we connected with our inner child, or we connected with uh, our our past self. The things that we really loved doing when we were younger, we're now able to do that, but sustain ourselves and in, and in our families because of it. And I love that. I mean, who's obviously not everyone's happy when they're a child, but many people find happiness as, as children, you know, dreaming and, and thinking all these cool shit that kids do. Uh, you know, my three kids are wild, man. Uh, I, I got projectile vomited on yesterday at the bank, uh, which is great by my, my, my little guy. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> right in the office, uh, all over, down the inside of the shirt. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but what I'm what I'm saying is like kids, honestly, they 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 have this tendency to be incredible dreamers, and the fact that people are able to pick that up later on in life, and and I mean, yeah, if you had your genius moment at nine and you're able to pick up on that genius now, fucking a, I mean, go for it, and and now that you have the technology here that can make all those dreams possible, I guess the world just kind of caught up. You know what I mean? There, there is some of that. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's been remarkably freeing for me because I spent mm -hmm. a lot of time from nine to yeah. 44 or whatever, feeling like I was a failure because wow. I knew that I made other choices and, and believe me, I had like wild successes, but I yeah. always felt like, ah, oh, but you sold out old genius little things. Uh you know, gotcha, and I felt gotcha. like, oh, I took these other paths and I did this thing and I really just sort of let myself lose that focus and I'll never get it back. And it turned out that I actually hadn't. I just, I just need to unlock it again and all of this. But, mm -hmm. you know, as, speaking of that, that like joy and, and that childlike enthusiasm that you're saying really kind of abounds in this space and you, you saw it for so, you know, 700 people that you, or 570 people that you interviewed. 578 people. Yeah. Yeah. So with that 578, and now you, you, you wrapped up and now you're, you're here, how, how solid is this space? I think you know more people in this space, or you've talked to more people actually in this space than anyone else. 
Okay. How, how solid are we? So interesting, interesting and complex question, brother. Um, we're solid. So if we're talking about the art space, the crypto art space, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, let's let's stick to the to the let's art. let's stick to crypto yeah. art space. So, crypto art space right now is is doing well. It's in trouble. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have thousands of collectors. Uh, we have forty to fifty, maybe under a hundred whale wallets that are basically exchanging JPEGs between each other. And you know, I don't know how long that can last. If you talk to the big funds, uh, you know, your six five two nines and and so on and so forth. They've planned uh, for the bear market. They've planned to be able to support artists throughout this time. But how many are as well planned out as they are? How many have really planned to be able to support all of the influx of up and coming artists in this space? I mean, now, for God's sakes, you've got tools. Yesterday, I, I worked with ChatGPT to create generative art, generative art with PFAB.js. How many more people are going to catch on that you can do that after this podcast? You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's so many things that people are going to be doing and so many more people coming into the space. Are we in trouble now? A little bit. Are we going to be in trouble later if we don't start seeing more people join the space and collecting art and, and you know, understanding what the hell it is we're doing and finding value and, and things like that? I don't know how much longer we can sustain it or the 40, 50, under 100 wallets can sustain it, can sustain it rather, because it, it's great to see artists supporting other artists. It really is. But it's also great to see artists being able to buy themselves a home, uh, you know, have food, you know, and live their lives. Uh, so I was, think that was there, was there too much of an ideal put before people that everybody was going to be able to afford their house and and this was the the gold rush that this was the the new reality here was there too much of that? I think that when everybody saw that Beeple sale and when everybody saw the Fuo sales and when everybody saw these crazy numbers that people were hitting and they were like, "Holy shit, I make art too." I make great art too, and they do. I mean, people are making some insane art. But expecting to be able to, you know, sell for $200,000 a piece or, you know, more so, or, you know, I love Sam Spratt to death and, and, and honestly, his new piece is just fucking amazing. And how many artists are gonna are, are going to be able to reach that type of all-time high, right? Right. It's 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 maybe 0. 0.0000 whatever percent in the IRL world, and it's even less here. Right. You know, so well when you started, okay, if you go back and you were just we're just entering the bear. Did you did you know that yet? No. No, I didn't know that. I, I didn't. I didn't know about a lot of things. I mean, crypto art. Although, uh, you know, I, I'd mentioned that the first two pieces I ever collected for NFTs were on known origin. They were two pieces of art, right? Two one of ones. And if I had known, I, I had just collected things because I thought it looked cool. But there's not a lot of people that do that in the world. Let's be fair. Like, let's be honest. The the art industry IRL is not the biggest industry in the world in any way, shape, or form nor should it be here in Web3. So whether or not the artists uh, that came into the space expe expected that glory, um, that's, I mean, that's on them uh, for really, you know, expecting that. I mean, I, a lot of the interviews that we did, uh, people talked to us about, you know, imposter syndrome and, you know, being unsure of themselves. And I think it's for that reason specifically is that they, they saw a few sales, they saw big numbers at first, and then that kind of slowed down. 
uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of the time. So, I yeah, don't know. so how how much of that do you subscribe to to platforms early on? Interesting question. So, I got an interesting relationship with platforms. On one hand, uh, we've got amazing platforms that have done a lot to support the project. Uh, the NFT yearbook and I love them to death for that. It's been incredible to work with these guys and being able to, you know, give 100% profits on sales back to artists. I just want to make that clear. That's been absolutely amazing. But totally. th throughout the bull, throughout that PFP craze, the platforms had the opportunity to, you know, do diligence a little bit of the fucking projects that were coming in. They had the opportunity to, you know, limit some of these rugs that were happening, if not all of the rugs that were happening, by doing a little bit of research, uh, you know, having a little bit of best practices, uh, you know, a little bit of due diligence on their side. And we they would have been able to save a lot of heartbreak that, that you know, many people felt across the world. So are they to blame for that? It was an early early stage in the game they saw a gold rush they ran to it just like any other business would do some of the platforms had the best interest in mind of art the artist's best interest in mind some uh, some less uh there's businesses at the end of the day i mean you look at super rare they changed their their strategy to dow right or dow and i think that that's for that's that's commendable first of all it's very on brand but at the end of the day they need to make investors happy they need to make their board happy they they have people that they need to answer to as well so i i do think that platforms during that pfp time and and i'm not talking about the art platforms here i'm talking about the ones that you know really push the pfp projects i think that they are to blame for a lot of the shit that happened but I don't think that there was any other way other than other than banning projects before they went through, you know, the hula hoops of getting on board and on the platform, they would have missed out on, on millions and millions and millions of dollars. And they, they put that money. I, I hope that that money gets put into a lot of projects that help push the space forward and not just into the wallets of a few. Now, can, can I, can I bug you to, to step away from, the PFP side of that platform conversation and, and address the, the art side. And yeah, I mean, sure. Are you, I mean, I, I stand here and I think I mentioned to, you know, but I came in when I first came in, this is no, nifty, yeah. well, not, not just nifty, but I came in cause I wanted to make a platform. Oh yeah. 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 I remember. Okay. Um, and so I decided to learn the platforms, right? And what I learned was was horrendous. Mm -hmm. It was it was kind of frightening to me, the 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 way that money was moving around and the and the the structures in place or not in place, shall we say, the the absolute outlaw nature of some of of the early successes of the platform. Okay, in particular, Nifty. Don't mind calling, calling my my one platform that I've ever hung my hat. Okay, um, I'll call them out and say that you guys, you know, they, I, it's not the first time I'm doing this, but you, you let a lot of people down by letting some unscrupulous dealings play out time and time and yeah. time again. 
in the, in the, in the, with the idea of getting your magic number of a billion people trading NFTs or whatever. Okay. Exactly. Um, but, but what do you think, can you sit here and, and point towards um, anything egregious in platforms on the art side beyond nifty letting, letting, you know, cheating take place and just in their drop mechanic. Okay. But just in, in the, the general sense of platforms, is there anything that, that, that was done right at all? And I know we just spoke to super rare and I appreciate that. You're right. I think, I think now we're there, but how much of, of where we stand now in dangerous territory with artists that were so highly compensated at one end and so many that are left to wither and die in the vine on the other end. Yeah. How much of that falls in line with the platform? I, I don't know if it's the platforms or if it's just the natural evolution of of everything you know what i mean even in 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 traditional art space people are popular for a minute here and then they kind of die down they'll come back and they'll die down I, what i've noticed with the platforms is they all kind of follow suit with each other one platform does one thing and the rest kind of do the, the same thing and one person will do that and the rest will do the same and they're all very uh, you know uh, they're all very much not uh, not not stamping their mark uh, they're they're kind of doing what everyone else is doing i i think that there are a few platforms here that are a lot more gate kept than other ones um you know i i, I do think that there's a level of, of of fomo that they're trying to you know put on artists uh, which i think is very very stressful and makes artists anxious and that shouldn't be like that at all uh, at all uh, that's not the nature of the space in my opinion uh, so yeah, do I? I do know that platforms will invite people to their platform if they're friends with them, or if they're you know friends with another friend, and it, it gets hard to get on certain platforms. You know, foundations kind of open that up uh, very much so. So that's you know an option, and you've got object which is open for everybody on the test side. So I mean, there are options for people here. But other than the gatekeeping, if we're talking about, you know, major dealings or building up artists at the time because there was hype being around them, that's something that happens IRL every day. You know what I mean? And I, I don't think that that's I don't think that's something unique to the NFT art platforms here. I think that's something so one thing that, that happens. I'll argue, the one thing I'll argue back there okay, Go ahead. is that there's a there's a receipt for everything. Yeah. Yeah. And there isn't on to, to say that look, there's a lot of shadow dealings and there's a lot of moving money around and a lot of the the traditional art world is money laundering to begin with. Okay, um, we can say that and we can all agree and say yes, we understand that the you know uh, the the prices stated aren't necessarily uh, congruent to the actual transactions at hand. Okay, but here, see, you can watch all of the money. Exactly. You can see it all. And so I think that, that it's a it's it's letting them off a little easily in the platform realm to be like, oh, we know that, that you have some craziness and some highs and some lows and you've got some things going on everywhere else. The fact of the matter is, this is just a guy who won't list on platforms as a result of this, right? But yeah. but you know, I, I think um 
I think it is some responsibility. And I think they do need to take responsibility. I, yeah, I think I, some of the early think... platforms need to be held accountable for for a lot of the losses that came after them, not just the PFP. Would you say, would you say that them, you know, doing what uh, you know, a major enterprise IRL would do and, and put like a few tens of millions of dollars back into the arts, would that be the way that they could be held responsible or accountable for actions? Would that be a I, way I think to that's, rec- recompense? I think that's a start and that's easy. And that, you know, there's, there's, there's certainly gestures. Okay. But I think there needs to be some really hardcore uh, implementation of legitimizing uh, drops in particular, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, primary drops. There, there need to be some some standards that people should hold themselves to, uh, to make sure that it is what it is and what it appears to be, okay. And um, if you're if you're going to flout yourself as any sort of of platform with curation and and, and the like, okay, and you're going to gatekeep, then you need to start. Um, gatekeeping some of your your collectors as well right Mm -hmm. that's true and 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 as such okay um the price for that exclusivity has to be uh also passed along as a cost to the collector uh to ensure that there's legitimacy going on there do you think do you think that the rare pass like the super rare rare pass kind of did that with their 250 we call collectors. Them we call them swipes in the grotto. We uh, swipes. Yes, we, we we invented the swipe. Um, they're all called passes now. But <laughs> I love it. I, I, I minted a, I minted my my lock screen the day that I got the email from LinkedIn telling me uh, they're sorry to see me go. Right, <laughs> I deleted my LinkedIn in August of twenty one. And I minted that and then gave that to, to my collectors. And that's that's actually, you have to have that piece to come in and to be a part of it. Oh, it legitimizes, it's, a, it's the inner circle of the grotto. You have to have a swipe and there are levels of swipes uh, that go through that. But I do believe absolutely that those, those sorts of implementations, okay, um, start to, to at least head towards that, right? I mean... In, in you can know your customer while only knowing them as thick bulldog or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or <laughs> crypto kitsch or what yeah. have you, right? I mean, we I run a very hardcore KYC um, that is one person, one wallet in my entire ecosystem. Wow. Right. And I think that you can do that without having to, to open that up, even at a larger scale, uh, there's certainly methods for them. My dev does them all the time. It does them for drops outside of, of even my stuff, right? You can do it. It just may not deliver the numbers that yeah. you want to deliver. And this is what we're talking about, right? In, in, in reality, are the, the, is there a base here that's large enough to sustain the transactions that we've, as platforms, accustomed our investors to think that they're that we have do we need platforms do do i mean the the whole idea of decentralization and i talked i think some you know you you would talk to me about your marketplace that you would want to do and also killer acid uh is amazing as well he is developing his own marketplace and own platform now while we as we speak and i mean all all the ogs 
uh, you know, in Killer Acid, he was there at the first days of Super Rare, like the actual first days of Super Rare before it was Super Rare. And Art Gnome, uh, Art Jason, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, Killer Acid were there doing those first deals on Super Rare before it was called Super Rare. You know, th they, uh, I guess Killer Acid went off and said, you know, fuck this, we're going to do our own platform just the same way that you did. You know, and, and I think I that that's something that a lot of more artists should consider doing is you have the potential now to do have, it by you yourself. Have it. It's out there. A lot of the back end gets built for you just via the blockchain. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so much of the transactional back end, okay, which is why I, I'm like, why am I going to build my own platform? Mm -hmm. I don't need to, okay, upon launch, right? Yeah. Now, actually, I do, and actually, you move towards that, but it's, it, I was coming at it years ago as a broad platform for to bring in artists that I wanted to see, to showcase my work, but it was gonna be all of these things going on, right? I think every artist should have their own marketplace. Now to have like that- you're, you're, have you're, able, you're able to sustain your life and, and the lives of your community somewhat. I don't wanna say that they're, they're funded 100% from the project. They're probably doing other things. I don't wanna speak for 600 people, but you're able to find this community of 600 people and say, okay, that's the community base. We're, we're good to sustain you know, what we're building here. Now, how many of those communities can we create across the space? Can every artist build one of those communities? This is the question, right? Exactly. And this is a question that you should be able to answer almost better than anybody. Yeah. How many of the 300 plus artists that you sat across from have actual collectors? Hmm. Interesting. Very fucking interesting, man. God, dozens, not hundreds, dozens. No. Dozens. And that's the thing. It's tough. It's, it, 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 it takes a special skill set. It takes a lot of work. To, yeah. to, to build those, but it's necessary. And so until the artist can do that, mm -hmm. and I think they should if they want to stick around. Yeah. But until they can do that, until they can do that, we need some sort of aggregator, some sort of marketplace that, mm -hmm. that brings people together for the exposure. Okay. Now, I think we've seen that some of those people make a healthy living by churning out uh, volumes that probably aren't healthy for the space altogether. They probably set up everything. But I was just saying, I, 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 look, we need it. I, I've, I've, without going too deep into it, I, I kick out the idea of, of the Tezos chain and a Tezos platform being the Etsy of, of NFTs. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not where you go and make money. It's not it, it, as a speculator. You're not going to buy and flip and turn it into something. Okay, you're simply going to celebrate the art at a reasonable price that pays that artist and gets them going. And I think I yeah. think something like that works. And then you can play in this other world of of crypto native day trading. You know, there's plays there. It's a fascinating play to play a market, and you can. Yeah, use whatever it's hard though. It's hard though, because people, people aren't business savvy. People have artists for the most, not for the most part, I'm not going to generalize everybody, but for a lot of artists, they're, they're more introverted. 
They're less business savvy. They don't like to be public speakers on spaces. They don't like to, you know, do the marketing side of things. Sorry, my dog's freaking out. Uh, they don't. They don't like to do all these things that uh, a guy like you or a guy like me or, or or somebody else that's more confident in, you know, speaking and and talking and and business savvy and have been through the steps of, you know, God, I'm 41. Uh, you know, so I've also been through the enterprise route and, you know, I worked for nonprofits, worked for, had all this life experience before me, but, you know, a lot of the artists in the space have not, they, right. they just haven't been put to, they're not weathered. <laughs> so it's hard for them to think the way that you're thinking now, like the things that you're saying now would be hard for them to, to really understand at that stage because they saw money. It was new money, but new money goes. Right. We've seen it time and time again. You win the lottery, you're bankrupt. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of that shit that goes on and people just aren't able to take their profits from selling their art and invest it in something smart at the time. You know, like it, it's hard for people to really grasp that instead of buying a new pair of Nikes. Well, yeah. And that's that's where, you know, thank God we're old. I mean, you yeah. look like you're 31. So, you know, you got thank that. You. I look like I'm 71. <laughs> you okay. do not. Uh, I what are was you once talking great, about? I was once a great beauty. You have no idea. But, <laughs> well, it um, wasn't the baseball, man. I, I played baseball for years and years myself. I don't know. We both, you look young as hell. What are you talking about? I, I, I do okay. I mean, please. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. But, but look, it, there, there's an advantage to that. I wish, I wish there was more of that. I wish there was, I, I wish there were platforms out there run by older people okay well i saw you know what i saw that was it was something that i saw yesterday or two days ago on twitter kind of got me excited was uh pablo pancaso you know pablo pancaso i know the name i don't know him personally so pablo's a great collector uh he actually collected the uh, jeremy booth cover uh right off day one for us pablo's great yeah but Pablo is, you know, he's put up this call to action for people that he wants to create a new platform. That's it. He's sick of these fucking blur versus open sea bullshit. And he's sick of everything else. So why not just make his own? And, you know, why not? What's wrong with a thousand platforms like this as long as they're doing something good? And, and how about how about you don't look at that platform as as your golden goose, as, as, the, as the cash cow? You know, yeah. I wanted the platform because I wanted to retire into a world where I got to share my art with people and I other artists out there that I thought maybe would like to do the same. OK, mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, I, it, I, it works out for me. I'm OK. I get to, you know, I, I do all of this stuff. But I think I think it comes from a, a, a certain aspect of maturity yeah okay that that we're lacking in a lot of this this is this is not a, it doesn't have to be you can have it you can still be the startup world and run through that and and do that god bless you go have at it i've been there it's fun for a bit sure it, it you know um but you don't have to be and so yeah. maybe maybe pablo picasso or whoever else starts their platform for their three friends and you get you get somebody to put it together and don't make it about how you squeeze every fucking penny out of things. Exactly. Exactly.
Find Stop. your 600. Find your 600 people that you can, you know, I'm not even going to say that. Find whatever you need to find to make yourself comfortable in your life, the level that you want to live at, that quality of life that you want. And if you're good and if you're content and you're really content, then, you know, just yeah. leave and it. <laughs> remember, um, just because you can mint it, you probably shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen, I want to say just a couple words real quick, and we'll we'll, we'll call it here. Thanks. First of all, thanks for staying up. I know it's late. Oh, I'm I'm not that late, man. It's it's not. It's only one eighteen right now. I'm good. Oh, easy. Look at you. All right. So <laughs> now, um, I really love your project. I don't just say that. I, did, I mean, you. I, I I'm remiss to show and to share anything that might appear in social media as though I'm hyping or trying to get somebody to buy something. I never want to do that. Okay. But I, I really, first of all, you've got a great work ethic, which means a lot to me. I work my Thank ass you. off. I have my entire life and, and I admire that in anybody. I love that you guys do that. I love that. Um, you know, I've done my own thing. I've started my own business. I've run my own stuff. I, I know. And it means a lot to have somebody. And I know that in you guys, um, I think that the story of it, we're going to look back at you guys truly having captured a moment in time that either is something that goes away, it doesn't exist anymore down the road, or yeah. is the, the embryo to something that becomes something far more expansive. Okay. Yeah. Nothing, nobody does that. You guys have done that in a way that will go down as significant and important and appreciated. Thank and you. I worry, this is me speaking frankly, I worry that you guys feel like you like you failed or you didn't you didn't do great. It's we're, we're 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 okay. I mean, I'll be I'll be completely frank. Um, you know, we we started off and there was a few mistakes I think that happened to us, some things that kind of went against against us. Like obviously we had our exclusive drop partner with OpenSea on the day that OpenSea and Blur started fighting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that, was, that, was, that, was, that was the first thing. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that we could have done differently, I think. We got played by a few major influencers in the space. And I'm not going to mention anyone's names. They That's know okay. who they are. Of course. Uh, you know, we got, we got strung along to three days before the mint and then hit with a price tag for X amount of ETH to be on so-and-so uh, platform. So we were like, fuck that. You know, right. we, 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 we literally went through our pensions and everything else to make this work. Like, That's what it takes to make a project like this. You know, to make a project where you're interviewing people for 13 and a half hours a day and you're writing their stories and you're making their connections and you're managing social media at the same time and doing your Discord and your website and all your own graphics and you're reaching out to artists and getting them to make incredible fucking one-of-one -one covers and setting up deals with Super Rare to make sure that you have the first ever two non-artists on Super Rare that are able to sell other people's art and distribute them the funds, which has never fucking been done on Super Rare before. We got a special uh, okay from Zach and John, or from John and Zach rather. Uh, you know, to do all these things that a team of 20 should have been doing, where it was just a team of two yeah. and our IRL publisher, it, 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 does it feel like a failure that we weren't able to sell 9,669 yearbooks? Yes, a little bit. Does it feel like we we even feel worse that we haven't been able to hit our number of 3,000 yet? Yeah, it feels like shit, man. 
but we've we've sold a thousand one hundred and seventy three yearbooks, I think, so far. So that is incredible. Yeah. I mean, we've raised it's it's close to you know just a, a cash amount out there, close to like you know two hundred thousand dollars. This is yeah. fucking insane. It's great. We're happy, but we're even happier about what's been happening on. And, and I know the public sale is going to be fine. The public sale is open. It's live. Uh, everybody's able to go in. We're doing a lot of thinking and and you know marketing things in the background to make sure that we're able to reach three thousand. There's a lot of things that were happening with DAOs and DAO proposals mm-hmm. and all these things that we didn't have time to focus on right. before because we were doing all the fucking work. We built the product before selling the NFT right. and not anyone, nobody fucking does that. Who does that? You know? So we, no. that was something I guess from the web to web two in, in my mind is we built the product first. You know, we bootstrapped it. We, we did everything ourselves. We didn't take any sponsorships. We could have, we got offered. We didn't do any investments, no investment rounds. We, we didn't want to taint the book. We didn't want to taint what we were building in any way, shape, or form. So does it feel like a failure? No. Does Is it disappointing? Fuck yeah. I mean, when I when I think about the 575, and I, I don't have any expectations from artists to 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 buy a book if they if they can't afford a book. I would never expect that from anyone. But to have, you know... 50 people in the book to have purchased the book, 50, 60 people. And like you said, the blockchain, you can see everything transparent, right? It it kind of feels like a a punch in the gut, you know, that a lot of major, major, major influence out there kind of expected freebies and and things like this from us where, and, and we got those messages every day for the last, you know, few weeks. And it's, it's been kind of shitty to, to understand that these are the biggest names in the space and that's fine. I mean, we understand it. It's kind of a tra- transactional relationship in that regard. But we didn't feel like it was like that when we were doing the interviews of, with this person or these people for three hours, becoming their friends. Right. You know, we're we honestly thought of everything. Like here, I'll let you. I'll let you in on an example here. A lot of money's in our book. A lot of money. Uh, God rest his soul. One of the greatest artists in the space. One of the pioneers. One of the OGs his article we we went so far as to find out who his best friend was in the space right and reach out to his best friend in the space and say look we want you to write this memorial page on a lot of money and we want you to design this page and we want you to invite the community to help with anything that they want to add it's up to you you do this but I don't want you to announce it prior to our mint and we will not announce it prior to our mint because we don't want anyone to fucking think that we would ever try to make money off the back of a lot of money or anyone else in the book. We didn't have any expectations from anyone and we still don't. What we wanted to do was reach a community of collectors. I mean, our book is not just a book. It's a book. It's also a crazy Pokemon Go uh, collect autographs thing after the mint, which is going to be crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's Absolutely. it's also the Genesis token to you know everything else we're building. So decentralized publishing tools through our company, Metaverse Publishing. It's also your key to Artifact.Art and their new platform, which is incredible. Every single artist in the book got early access to that platform by the way you're able to join that platform i know you won't but you're able to (laughs) (laughs) so uh and then you've got i mean all the collectors as well are able to get on artifacts so we we got like crazy utility everybody in the book is going to be at fucking harvard harvard has collected our book and put it in the permanent archives of their libraries so i mean these are stories that i've told but they are achievements they are things that 
are so cool for the entire space. Like if, if we look, look, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you because you go ahead. because because you need to. to I, I know you know all of those things, and you you say them, and you're 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 telling the world like this shit is far more than you're giving us credit for, in a sense, right? Yeah. I mean, I, believe me, I I agree. I mean, I genuinely feel that this is what it's what it should be and what it can be. The way that I talk about my project, okay, as being something that is truly innovative and taking advantage of this thing to become something that hadn't existed before, I really believe that you're setting the tone for interactions to come. You know, this is what's possible here. It can be, this is not just a multimedia book, okay? This is truly an on-chain interaction. This is truly a representative of, of what an NFT is. And it happens to be a book and it's living and breathing and evolves and moves with the chain and recognizes its past. And it does all of these things. Yeah. I think even the grotto, because they know I'm somewhat cynical about all, most of the space. Okay. I think they're even a little shocked that I'm like, Hey, I think you guys should, should look at this. I think you should do this. I think we're going to do great things with it. We're going to well, thank you, man. You know, and, and I, and, and truly, I think that the, the biggest letdown that I, when I look at your project, okay. Isn't that the space has let you down. The space has let all of us down. We were led yeah. to believe that the space was something more than it is. Okay. Like people that actually That's care. It. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the look. I got I got a couple of collectors. I got one who loves NFTs because NFTs gave him. He just he was lucky. He minted board apes he, at the time. He did, he did you know, and it changed his entire life and he exposed him to all sorts of new things. And he he loves that concept. And he'll go and he'll mess around with the new anorexic fucking aardvarks or whatever. Okay, because maybe that'll be the cool new community that he you know doesn't yeah. matter, right? And they brought him to us, and it's he's beloved by us, and we love him, and we've hung out. He's been to every in real life thing we've done. You know, we, we love him, and he's he loves NFTs. There should be more people who love it. Yeah, he's one person. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the thing. There, there will be, and this is going to be the tome that 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 tells that first tale. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And. And God, it upsets me to no end that we were fed some lines about community size. We're fed yeah. some lines about active members and we're fed some lines. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. Those numbers aren't real. And, and, and we'll get there maybe. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe we'll just foster the tightest group of 600 people in the world. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I mean, Maybe the the 1,178 people, whatever it is, that have collected the yearbook today, I mean, maybe give or take another 500 here, 500 there, that that may be all that we can expect of people that truly believe in, in, in what's happening. Because, you know, it shouldn't be so hard to, you know, find, sorry, my headphones died. It, no, shouldn't, be so, it shouldn't be so hard to find um, you know, 3000 people to believe in a project of this, of, of this grandeur of this, of this, 
you know, incredible, incredible chronicling of history. And it's not us that wrote something. It's you guys that wrote this book. I mean, everybody in the book wrote the book with us. And, you know, it's it's just a matter, I think, honestly, Threes, it's, it's like a lot of people that we thought were real supporters of the culture. And there are, there are, I'm not going to say there aren't, there are over a thousand people. There are 2000 people. Are there 10,000 people? I don't know. I don't know. Right. Are there, are there 5,000 people? I don't know. Right. That's, those are numbers already where I'm saying, I, I really don't know if there's 5,000 active, you know, oh, they've come through, they've come through more than that numbers come through. It's just the, they were taking, so, I mean, are they active and are they like-minded? No, exactly. well, no, very true. And I, I think, I think what you're, I think honestly that we're going to look, look to this and the people who have one on their coffee table, first of all, what an easy way to explain to your fucking grandmother, all this nonsense you've been talking about for three, three years, exactly. right? Like, there you go. If nothing else, every artist in the space should have the crypto it, dick one grandma. uncle that doesn't get it. but but i do believe that that you and i I, i'm going to do everything i can and and i i the grotto will as well in the sense that i think that you're going to build a community out of this oh yeah no we're 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 definitely happy and we couldn't be happier i mean every single artist that we've talked to in the book has already talked to us about you know making their their own book or their own project. And they want us today. I got off the, I got off a call with a wonderful, wonderful collector of ours. I won't mention now, but on the 28th of February, we'll be doing, you know, a metaverse gallery launch. Uh, Hopefully all the covers uh, will be on display in this metaverse gallery, which is very fucking cool in the open metaverse and punk 6529's metaverse. So, I mean, it, it's cool because we know that we've built the community. I mean, we know that we've built the network. We know that the relationships have been made. And I, I make sure to wake up every single day, every single day and do my GMs and, and, and more so than that, I'm in DMs, <laughs> you know, right, it's right. not, it's not just GMs, it's DMs for me uh, because I am so fucking grateful that people have accepted our project, and I'm speaking for Dan as well. He's not able to join us today, but I'm speaking for him. We are so grateful that, that we've been able to make these connections with these people for, for future projects. We know that decentralized publishing is where we want to be. We, we decided to leave our lives and become co-CEOs of Metaverse Publishing because we believe in decentralized publishing. We believe in musicians. We believe in artists. We believe in poets. We believe in authors, we believe in illustrators, people that haven't had the chance to do things on a global scale unless they were represented by Penguin Books or by whatever the fucking, you know, name of the gate kept publishing houses they wanted to go for. So, yeah. But I mean, look, we're we're very pleased. I'm not going to say we're not disappointed. We are disappointed at this phase. Uh, I think that we will reach our our goal. It's going to be a very hard road ahead because uh, you got, you know, Unfortunately, and I hate to, to say shit like this, but, you know, for a project that is in the middle of a mint, you know, even two MFers that throw the throw the floor price down, it's mm-hmm. it's it's crazy to see that, you know, people that are actually yeah. willing to take a loss on an NFT that they bought. It's, well, especially, especially when it's one that's going to come with a goddamn physical. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'll tell you this, I guess, when when is this podcast going to come out? Uh, 25 minutes. 
Okay, fine. So never mind. Uh, I'll I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Kitch. Please don't put this in the podcast. But I'm about to. It, it's really, really big and beautiful. And that's the reason that the book costs 0.119, right? Is because it's huge. Oh yeah, no, it's it's great. And, and so look, we're in this together, okay? Yeah. I can't wait Thank to you. see all the great things that are gonna come of it. Uh, I can't wait, you know, next time you're in New York, you hang out. Next time next time I'm in Israel, uh, I'm there. I don't know what that's Bro, I, I can't wait to come back to New York and I really will take you up on that offer. Because oh, honestly, yeah. I, I, mean, I feel like you're one of my best buddies in this in this thing. And I really yeah. appreciate you. And and when, when you guys settle down, no rush whenever the grotto is very forgiving, but you're fucking in the grotto. You just come on in, right? Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you, Kitch. You're the best in the business. Thanks for... Uh, dealing with all our issues today congrats on your cover threes man i hope that that cover gets a wonderful new home in the grotto uh it's absolutely amazing that you you are the you know the ath for the 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 amazing collection it's absolutely Appreciate amazing. That. yeah, yeah no, we're, it's, we're, it's incredible we're excited it's it's razor he's one of he's one of the grotto guys and so it's it's already it's already home with the grotto so very excited right on. i appreciate you making that happen um and appreciate everything i'm so glad you're in my life all right, Thank guys. You. We'll see you later. Thank you. All right. Peace. Talk to you. Bye, guys.